0: If you'll open your Bible today to page five hundred and eighteen, that is the right page number. Uh, I see. I see now what the guys were asking when I came over here. They said, "Pastor, you sent us so many revisions of your subject today. We just guessed which one you wanted." Well, they actually it wasn 't their fault they 're right. I just did a lot of revisions and and they guessed and they guessed wrong, but anyway it 's not their fault it 's my fault. I should have been clear about that. but I want to talk to you today about something that maybe you in fact some of you may have it. Uh, it is this myopia, which is you, you, a personal myopia they, they can 't see clearly at a distance now they can get glasses or have uh, you know, they can have contacts put in to correct that problem. But the problem is a person that uh, has myopia, if, if they look out uh, at a distance, things out there are not clear at all. They're just, it just uh, it's just all I blurred. It's just like it's out of focus and they only can see clearly and they see well clearly what's right here, you know, right under their nose, up close. You know, as I was thinking about that, of course, I, I got thinking about that, so I read this seventy-third psalm. You know, there, there are people in the work world that that are like that. They 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 just see what's under their nose, like they they. I, I never have known how to explain it, but they they somehow just don't seem to have much vision for what might be out there a little bit, and. It, it just kind of is a blur to them, kind of focus to them. Well, worse than that is a person that spiritually has myopia. They, they, they only just see the things right before them, the things right with them, things that are temporal, physical, and, and earthly. Now, in Psalm 73, we read a psalm written by a man named Aspel. they say, well, who's Aspel? Well, he was a music guy. He was kind of a Jimmy Hurick he was a music guy. For he, he led some of the choirs for David. And uh, he he wrote um, several Psalms. He wrote Psalm 50. And then he wrote Psalm 73 through 83. Yes. You know, as I say that, God is the author of the Bible. God just used different men to be the writers. The Holy Spirit guided them what they would write. but But Be that as it may, this is what God and the Holy Spirit led him to write. And this is a wonderful, wonderful psalm. And it begins revealing one of the most fundamental and wonderful truths about God. And if you look at it, it's in verse number one. He begins this psalm saying, truly, God is good to Israel. And if you were with your Bible, I would just say you ought to underline that little phrase, God is good. Because that is a fundamental truth taught in the Word of God, and especially in the book of Psalms. In fact, I was looking this morning. This is not part of what I redid this morning, but I already had this done. I had gone back previously in the book of Psalms to see, like, how many times in the book of Psalms do you find that little phrase, God is good? Because it's a fundamental truth that's so very, very important. And the answer to that is 12 different times. We would be familiar best with the one in Psalm 100, which is normally a Psalm we hear read at Thanksgiving. We call it the Thanksgiving Psalm, and it talks about God is good. And if you'd say, well, I'd like to know where all those references are, well, you can pull what I do up here on the webpage, and you have the little printed stuff, but it does have that listed in it if you would like to do a little Bible study on that. Now, the interesting thing to me about this psalm, as you as you read it, we won't be able to read the whole psalm, but we'll we'll reference some verses in the psalm. Even though Asper starts talking about the fact that God is good, very 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 quickly, uh, he he confesses that he almost abandoned his faith in the goodness of God because of what he saw. <laughs> he 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 just saw at this moment what what was up close. In fact. Let's look in verse one. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But then he says this, but as for me, now he, what he's about to do, he's about to say, look, I I know God is good. Theologically, that's right. But I'm somewhat losing my confidence in the goodness of God. You ever done that? Things happen and you... I mean, sometimes you just kind of say to yourself, you know, I know God's good and I know God's sovereign and all that, but you know, I don't, I just don't know. And, and, and you might not verbalize it, but internally you just kind of what's happening. You're losing your confidence in the goodness of God. You know, that's a bad state to get in when you lose your confidence and, and it's a human thing to do and it's, it can be a very real thing. Well, this is kind of what's happened to him. And, and his problem is, and we're going to see it real quickly here in a moment. He, he looked at the prosperity and the lifestyle of the ungodly, the wicked, and how well they were doing in life. And he said, I just don't get it. And you know, that's easy to do. You you look about and and you see what appears to be very successful people and very prosperous people, and you look at what appears to be a glamorous lifestyle, and yet they, they just God's just not on their radar screen at all. Well, l- look how look how He deals with this. For example, in He says, "But as for me, He says, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped." He said, "In other words, I feel like someone's just pulled the rug kind of uh, uh, under me." And, and then in verse number three, he begins to point out some reasons. He said, "'For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked.'" I mean, you sometimes look and we see that. It is confusing. In verse number four, he said, "'For there are no pangs." That word means pain, P-A-I-N, "'in their death, but their strength is firm.'" They always seem to be strong. Verse five, "'They're not in trouble as other men are, nor they're plagued like other men.'" Verse number six, therefore, pride serves as their necklace. They're very proudful people. Violence covers them like a garment. They're always, you know, kind of argumentative and in-your-face kind of folks. Verse seven, their eyes bulge with abundance. Uh, they have more uh, than heart could wish. And we we just see this all the time. Uh and then we go on and let's skip down to verse 9. Said they set their mouth against the heavens and their tongues walk through the earth. In verse number 11, and they say, uh, how does God know? You know, the idea, hey, God doesn't know what I'm doing or, you know, how would he have a way to know? <laughs> and is there knowledge in the most high? And then in verse number 12, behold, uh, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. So he's having a real problem with people that are wicked people, ungodly people who have nothing to do with God, always almost blaspheme God by the way they live and what they say. And he said, I just don't get it. I, I know God is good, but how does God let a thing like this happen? Well, in verses 13 and 14, he, he, did, he did something that sometimes maybe we all do. He had a pity party. Do you ever have a pity party? You know, well, it's not much of a party, but sometimes we all have a pity party. And sometimes I try to do that. And Dottie just says, I don't want to be at your party. She just walks away, but anyway. Uh, surely he said, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence." In words, I, I've tried to do the right thing, live from God. And he said, man, doesn't seem to pay off for all day long. I have been plagued and chastened every morning. That means disciplined by the Lord. She so has this kind of pity party. And then in verse 16, he did what we do. All of us When he said, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. In other words, what he, he did, he tried to understand it. Some of the newer translations really translate that verse in a wonderful way. And then, thankfully, we come to verse seventeen. He puts on his spiritual glasses. So far, he just sees all this right in front of him. He doesn't. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have. He has that myopia. He can't see things at a distance very clearly. He said, "Until now, what I went." into the sanctuary of God and then I understood therein. So he kinda, you and I'd say it this way, he went to church and he began to try and he did understand. Now, I wanna, you know, we're gonna re- reference another verse you in a moment, but there are a couple of life principles that I wanna mention today they are really more than that. But one is this, time won't let me, I'll do two. We need to focus on God's goodness rather than what we don't understand. And that's more than verse 16. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. You know, if something's going on in life and you don't understand it, especially if it's a bad thing or something you wish hadn't have happened, that just becomes our focus. And and we really spiritually, we have this myopia, we just see right here, and this thing just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what we need to work at is focus on the goodness of God rather than what we don't understand. So you, you just, you guard against all these things becoming the focus of your life, because there are things in this life we never will understand. Now, you know, in my life, I was thinking this morning, And I think this would be true for you, but in my life, I I wrote this down. I I have never seen the evil and the anger and the division in America and the world, not just America, that I see today. Now, I thought about that. Uh, Maybe maybe it's been there and we've just not seen it. You know, with 24-7 news and social media, we just see everything about everybody and used to probably a lot of the same stuff was going on we just we just didn't know about it and it, it, but now you know you know just everything about everybody uh, and but this whole thing with all this anger and if we're not careful you know I was it, it's all over the world for example in Iran this is interesting like women you know women in Iran they 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 don't have the privileges women do in America and if, if a woman violates any of, of their rules that they have, I mean, they're immediately put in prison and, and probably gonna be put to death. Well, you know, they killed, the, this one lady over there didn't wear hair, her covering over hair like like their rules say so you have to, and they, they arrested her and put her in jail, and I don't know what happened, but she unexpectedly, she, she died. And of course, probably they killed her. But what's happening now, thousands of women are running up and down the streets in Iran. <laughs> their coverings off of their hair. Uh, some of them are cutting their hair off and throwing it in the street. And the Iranian government, like, I mean, you can't you can't arrest every woman in Iran. It's 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 chaos. It's like America, you know, just just people just <laughs> doing all the the anger that we see. Um, you, you, you look at all that now. If we're not careful, here, here's the problem of that. It can become our focus. And and we we just kind of take our focus off of the goodness of God and the things of God and the blessings of God. And, uh, you know, we just need to not let that happen. I mean, we I can't control and you can't control all the anger people have, you know. Um, I, I listen to... Well, I'm going to use a political example here, but I'm going to use one on both sides so everybody be happy, you know. Well, you know, the DeSantis down in Florida, you know, he's, he's in one political party and the president's in another political party. And we've had this mad hurricane down there and they asked the president, you know, are you going to meet with DeSantis when you go down to view all the damage because y'all are so politically divided? And he said, "Well, you know," he said what a president would say. He said, "Look, this this the hurricane in Florida is not about politics. We we try. It's going to be interesting." He's in Puerto Rico now. It's going to be interesting when he goes to see how that little if there's a meeting or whatever. But you know, when you look at the big picture, what what's happened in Florida, it, it, it needs to rise above politics. It is an absolute disaster what has happened there, and many of us have. Family and friends that live down there. I mean, some of those areas, you know, I mean, I don't know how you'd ever rebuild. It's just like it's demolished. And uh, thankfully, their their people and with their help, Texas has its people there. I mean, just most all of the states, neighboring, close by states. Uh, they have theirs, you know, Texas Baptists have their men down like they have like 20 or 30 generators helping with that. But right now they're just trying to find the people and pick up the pieces. But, you know, all this anger that goes on just don't let it become our focus. Now, I, I want to encourage you to do something. Next month is 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 November and it's the Thanksgiving month. And it's a great month to just really now remind ourselves of how many things we have to be thankful for. Could I have an agreement on that? Yeah. Now I'm gonna suggest you do something. I've done this for years and um, there are 30 days in November and each day in November get you a pad or maybe a blank page in the back of one of your Bibles and each day just like just write the numerical number one and out beside of it, write what you're thankful for. And two and three and four. And now, here's what makes this good. It's easy for about the first 10 or 12 days. I mean, if we, if we passed out paper today and said, let's all write down 10 things we're thankful for, most of us would write down much the same. But when you get after about 10 or 15, 16, 17, you have to begin to saying, well, you know, now what? I've got 30 things now. What?" And the good thing about that is it, it, it kind of forces you to remember how good God has been to you. Does that make sense? Now I picked up today, this is the Bible that he gave me on our 50th, on our 50th wedding anniversary. And in the back of this Bible, I, I wrote my 2017 November Thanksgiving list. I just, on this, on, in 2017, I just did it in this Bible. And it's right here. Like on my number one thing, salvation. It's probably be everybody here. But I just journey along down through here. And this morning, as I was knowing I was going to do this, I thought, I'm going to look back here. I said, I'm going to take, them. I wrote this with my Bible. It did me good today to be reminded of what I was thankful for in 2017. I got all happy about thinking about it. Uh, my gracious, <laughs> number nine, I know you want to know what number nine was. <laughs> I thank God in 2017, our church was debt free. Well, if one time you'd built $57 million worth of buildings, you'd thank God you're debt free. and. Uh, I th- oh, I just I just was so glad I just want to encourage you you don't have to write in your Bible but somewhere it will bless you in ways that you can never imagine and then a little second thing quickly keep your spiritual glasses clean so you can remember how things end e n d now look in our Psalm it's just beautiful in verse twenty four he's now he's now seeing he, he's got his he's got his glasses on now he 's looking out at the distance it's not it 's not blurry anymore and he says in verse twenty four you will guide me with your counsel and afterward now look at this receive me to glory Hallelujah. man listen keep your remember how this whole thing is going to end you know the bible reminds us that we 're sojourners that we 're pilgrims we 're just passing through this life this is not our final home. Could I have an amen to that? This is not it. No. Uh, We're temporary residents. Our home is in heaven. But here's what happens. The hurried life that we live, really, the hurried life, that's not a negative statement, that's a true statement. Most of us would have to say, I, I live more hurried than I thought I would have lived at this point in my life. What that does, it gives us, it gives us this spiritual myopia. And we, we, we kind of don't see out there. We're just seeing all these things right now that we're consumed with. Now, when you became a Christian, God gave you eternal life. That's in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 11, if you want to read it later. But now, eternity is in this life after death. See, eternity doesn't start till you die. And when you die, it never ends. That's that's how this deal works. And so what he's saying in this verse, afterwards, receive me into your glory. he, He He said, look, the sufferings of this present time, as Paul said, they're not even worthy to compare with where we're headed and where we're going. You know, sometimes we're all like Asphel. There are things we don't understand and uh, we we get kind of, sometimes we feel like we, our faith is wavering and, you know, we know the Bible verses and we believe the Bible is the Word of God. That's not the issue. It's just, it's, we can't figure it out. Well, Hopefully, we're also like Aspha at the end. At the end, what he do? He got it right. He got it right. The best thing he has to say in this Psalm is afterward, God's gonna receive me to glory. And Father, that's my prayer. We We just live, we live in a challenging time. We are surrounded, God, all of us with your blessings. We could, in fact, one of the most, Encouraging things these people will ever do in November would be to write down one thing a day. And when they get down about 20, 21, 22, they're going to begin to think of people and things that they're thankful for that they hadn't thought about maybe ever or certainly in a long time. But God, the truth of the matter is, God's your good. And I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for life. I thank you, God, for our Tuesday Bible lunch. I thank you for each person that comes. I thank you for the opportunity we can gather with believers and enjoy a meal and teach the Word of God and just kind of refresh here at this point in the week. And I pray as we journey, don't let us, God, help us not wait till November. Help us now the very best we can to to just focus on how this thing ends. And God, if that can be our focus Whatever we encounter until we get there, that keeps us keeping on, keeping on. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.